are listening to Beyond the Whistle. Beyond the Whistle is the show that takes you beyond the X's and O's to provide tips and advice on the business of sports and how sports professionals can advance in their careers. Beyond the Whistle is brought to you by McCant Sports, a sports executive search and sports leadership consulting firm. Learn more at McCantSports.com. Welcome to Beyond the Whistle. I'm your host, Odell McCants, and thank you for listening. My guest is the first return guest on Beyond the Whistle. And after you listen to this episode, I strongly encourage you to go into the show archive and listen to episode nine, which is part one of this conversation with Dan Tudor of Tudor Collegiate Strategies. Dan, welcome back to Beyond the Whistle. Odell, honored to be your first return guest. The first of many, I'm sure, but it's good to be the first. Yeah, and I want to thank you for your patience in scheduling the second part of our conversation. I, I know this is a little podcaster to podcaster, but consistency in my episodes has been the greatest challenge I've had in, in doing this. And I respect and admire how you are dedicated to your consistency and content for your listeners, even if it means you record an episode while you're driving, which I am totally amazed at. <laughs> You know what? I've got nothing to do but talk when I do those. So yeah, we we nicknamed those "Driving with Dan," and and uh, actually it was an idea. It was the idea was given to me by uh, a football coach, ironically. And uh, he said, "Hey, you know, you guys spend a lot. You you spend a lot of time driving around. I would just love it if you just sort of talked about you know what you know during during that time." And I thought, you know, that's not a bad idea. So uh, yeah, we we've done a couple of those, and uh, they're. As long as you can just keep your eyes on the road and talk, you're you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. And if you aren't familiar with Dan and Tudor Collegiate Strategies, you need to be. Dan has developed what I call a professional selling approach to athlete recruiting. And what I mean by that is not being salesy like a used car salesman image that probably comes to mind for you, but rather a strategic, tactical approach to controlling your recruiting process. From the athletes you target and why you target them to controlling your messaging and process to guide your prospect to a decision. And from my background in corporate B2B sales, that's what professional selling and recruiting is all about to me. So, Dan, in episode nine, you shared how coaches can take control of the recruiting process and what athletes and parents are looking for in the communications and messaging from coaches Mm -hmm. and how to effectively communicate with them. For part two of this conversation, let's assume we have identified our prospect, there have been positive communications back and forth, and the next step in the process we would like to achieve is we want to get the prospect and his or her parents on campus. And how do we first even know that we're both at that stage? I know in my selling background, that's staying aligned with where your prospect is in the process. And how do we successfully position that next step? Well, this is a great question. might be a long answer, so if I start oh, no, no, that, that's great. Take your time. Okay. <laughs> Good. If you want to go get something to drink and come <laughs> back here in 20 minutes, I'll probably still be talking. Um, okay, so here's what we found, and I'm gonna I'm gonna center this around football, but but I'm gonna you know want it to apply to other sports uh, too. So what we find is at some point there's that excitement of getting that first uh, initial you know set of contacts from a coach and then other teams other programs come along and and start recruiting and that's exciting. I mean a lot of these kids they've done camps, they've worked out, they've they have worked hard to get to this point of being noticed and being wanted. And so when a coach comes along and says, "Hey, you know, here's who we are and I think you might be a good fit." That is that validates everything that I've done as a, as a football player or as an athlete up to that point. You've, you've told me you're doing it right. Congratulations. Here's your reward. So it is, uh, you know, there's, there's just, it's validation. As the process moves on, what we find happening is that that energy level, that excitement starts to, starts to dissipate, starts to even out a little bit, just because you can't maintain that level of excitement forever. And it's kind of like a honeymoon, isn't it? Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, sure. You can, yeah, you can say that. My honeymoon is still lasting. Odell. Oh, that's great. I'm, that, I'm glad to now. hear that. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about there, but um, we'll just see. You know, probably some couples are in that position of, you know, the honeymoon dies down a little bit. But it, it, it's, a very good, uh, it's a very good example because, and, and you know that, so well, you, I'll kind of go off of that example. When you're first dating, when you have that honeymoon, you're at the peak of 
uh, you know, excitement for the rest of your life and you're, you know, you don't know as many of the flaws of the other person yet. And then real life happens and you sort of settle into, uh, into that relationship. And I would want coaches to think of this as a relationship, that it can't be excitement all the time. It can't be only the good stuff. You have to start talking about reality and you have to give them examples of why they can trust you. You have to, in the same, again, the same things that you would have to do in a relationship, you have to do in a recruiting relationship. And, you know, so to, again, to go back to your example of, of uh, you, you, you're interested in them, they've responded, and now you decide you want them to come to campus, which is the next big step for a coach. I think it, it, it what a coach has to realize, and we know this from our research and our study, because that's kind of at the core of what we do for college athletics, is we, we're the researchers, we're trying to figure out a path, and then we have to teach that path to coaches. What we know is that if you, along with four, five, ten other schools, are recruiting that athlete and trying to develop the relationship with that prospect, the thing that happens on the other end of the line of, of you know, back at home, back with that family, is they start asking Okay, well, what, why should we go visit school number one versus schools two through nine? What makes them so much better? Because um, I think at some point, a, an athlete, a family, a set of parents starts re- coming back to reality, which says, hey, it's great that 10 schools want you. We can't go visit 10 schools. I can't afford to go drive you around or fly you all over the country to go visit 10 schools. And so what happens is we start looking as parents in that situation for for tiebreakers, we we start saying, okay, look, they're all interested. That's great. Now, who really wants you? Where where if we're going to pick schools, how do we do that? And most of the time, it's not based on a record. It's not based on facilities. It's not based on um, uh, even location. A lot of the times, what it's based on most of the time is two key areas. Number one, do they feel like they they're getting recruited by the head coach? Does the head coach of that program know who they are, do they feel like they're getting communicated with from the head coach? And number two, uh, along with, uh, with the head coach, is is there an offer or is there at least the, the promise of a discussion of an offer? So if I'm, if I'm going to come to campus, I have to know somebody influential wants me there. I'm not just coming as another you know, kind of number to, to get them on campus. And I also need to know, is it going to be worth my while? What's in it for me if I come to campus? And I think the coaches still believe that kids and parents like coming to campus and seeing campus and experiencing campus. That's the way admissions departments, it's come experience campus. That's the way they would talk. And most kids don't really want to experience campus. They want to figure out if they're an athlete, why do you want me? And is there something in it for me? And so that's the way then that they break that initial tie. So in that communication, here I'm finally, you know, a while later getting back to answering your question, Odell. <laughs> what I would do as a coach is I would make it very clear, number one, that I as the head coach do want you. I know who you are. That assistant coach saw you and he's t- said nothing but great things about you. I'm excited and that's why I'm communicating with you. That would be a huge, a huge differentiator compared to how most programs in all sports, not just football, but in all sports, how they do it. The second thing would be is that if there's going to be an offer, if you know athletically this is a kid, I don't need to watch him again. I don't need to see if he grows. Don't need to see you know if his forty time improves. I'm sold. I want him. At that point, I would start talking about the offer you're going to make him, or actually do make him the offer. Or if you're not quite there yet, then when you come to campus, we want to sit down and talk to you about what the next steps are. Or what how this offer might might look, but we want you on campus first. That usually, those two things are enough where we are then moving to the point as parents, as a family, to say, okay, you know what? Even if it's not top of our list, they're going to talk about an offer. The head coach is the one talking to you, and so we should go visit that school. So that's what I would do to separate myself if I was running a program. With kids that I really wanted, I would do. I would focus on those two areas uh, to get them to come to campus. You know, I always have my uh, my sales hat on, Dan, mm-hmm. and it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it is it kind of like a features versus 
benefit uh, uh, conversation? Because I know in software sales, sometimes we rely on our, on our demo. And right. we want to, we want to show prospects the demo of our software and where we, we point and click at all the features. But right. oftentimes the prospect is, is agreeing to be on that demo call because they really want to find out how much is this going to cost and how can we implement it? Does that, is that a, is that a fair comparison? Sure. No. And, and that's what a great example that, you know, when you're, when you're in a traditional selling situation and, you have a prospect at the other end of the line that has agreed to talk to you in the same way that this, this family and this athlete has agreed to communicate with you because they're interested in the possibilities. They usually have very different motivations for why they're talking to you than a coach would have. So, you know, where I would, what you just said and the logic and, and intelligence behind that, I would liken it to when a, when a coach says, you know, Here's how big our stadium is. Here's how many championships we've won in the last 20 years. Here's, you know, and they start listing stats as proof in their mind of here's why you should pay attention to us and, and be valuable. And I'll just back up a second that as you're doing that, coach, just understand that they have probably, you know, in a matter of two minutes, been able to look up on their phone uh, everything that they need to know about your program. To, to get to the point where they say, okay, you know what, we should talk to them. So I think it's changed a lot in the last 10 years especially where a coach initially would have to, to you know, come in and say, hey, you've, we're interested in you. The kid says, I've never even heard of your school. and know nothing about it. What? And so the coach felt obliged, and rightly so, to have to come in and say, okay, here's who we are, here's, and we're going to list the, sort of the bullet points, those features. And what I want as somebody that's on the other end listening to that software demonstration, as a business owner or, or parent or whatever my role of, of decision-making is, I'm trying to solve a problem. I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to fix something that I don't think is, uh, is, is going right with my business or in recruiting. We're still looking. We haven't found what we're looking for. And so... The, the answer for a coach is not to go in and say, here's our history, here's our facilities, here's how many majors we have, here's how many acres campus is. Because you know what? Everybody's telling, saying that. And that doesn't tell me why I should choose you. Now, there is, you know, you look at college football. There are probably 2% or 3% of all college football programs that you don't have to justify that. <laughs> your, your letter, your email shows up. They get a call from your cell phone, your voicemail. It's going to get returned all the time because you're at the upper echelon. And, of course, I would want to have that, that program recruiting me. For the other 97% of you that are listening, that's not why we're making the decision to, to look at your school. It's not because you're going to outstuff somebody else. It's, it's because I'm going to know, and this is, again, going back to the research. This is an opinion. This is what we hear male athletes and specifically football players telling us is I want to know that the head coach is recruiting me, that the head coach knows who I am and are they talking about an offer or have they made an offer that in my mind then justifies why I should go visit the campus. And so it does come down to, you know, instead of the list of, of features that your product has, your school, your program, it really comes down to how does it match with me because I can tell you that a lot of times the reason campus tours are pretty boring, if they're led by an admissions department, the reason it's pretty boring is that I'm not interested in 85, 90% of what they're telling me or showing me. I'm not there to see the, oftentimes the library or um, uh, you know, a classroom because you know, I think most kids say, you're a college, we get it, you got classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm here for football, and I'm and I want to see I want to understand what my role is here, and so it becomes very personal for an athlete, and that's why it's sort of that traditional old approach won't work anymore. At least I don't see it working convincingly with the vast majority of good prospects out there. They're looking for a relationship. So we're recording this in you know a couple of weeks or two two weeks after signing day, mm-hmm. week and a half after signing day, and. What do you hear after signing day? Why did why did you sign with so and so? Whoever this recruit is that is getting interviewed by their hometown paper, and they always go to, well, you know what? I just felt like 
blah, 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 blah. Or coach made me feel, or when I was with the team, I just felt they're making this decision with feelings. Mm -hmm. You can't, there's no bullet point lists for feelings. It's a relationship. So once we have the prospect and, and perhaps parents on campus, how, how, how do you structure, how, how do you see successful programs structuring that, that visit time, that face time, so that it's a successful next step? Yeah, and this is the other area that um, if, you, if you're a program or a coaching staff that would listen to this and you, you're looking to make an impact or set yourself apart, this is the easiest and, frankly, least expensive way to do it is what happens on your campus visits. Um, because most of the time, uh, schools in general, football staffs in general, especially with the numbers, for instance, the football programs have to recruit. I mean, you're talking about sometimes in starting out with in thousands of names if you're a Division three school, certainly hundreds of names if you're a Division one, and somewhere in between if you're one of the others. You, so there's this process. I mean, there is a little bit of a factory feeling to it by by design. I mean, essentially, you have to get through these names. You have to figure out who who is going to come in, and you might have a weekend where 30 kids come in, and they're your recruiting you know class for that that week. And and so there does have to be more of a that systemized approach uh, because it's a numbers thing. I mean, you have to. You know, it, it, to the extent that that's herding cats, you still have to herd the cats, and it's it's hard. And I completely appreciate that. The problem, I think, or one, I'll, I'll say this: that's the challenge with football programs is how do you take that big group? Thirty guys show up, and they're expecting individualized attention. Or I'm really excited because coach is recruiting me, and they step into the reception room or something, and there's thirty other kids there with their parents. And everybody has that same look on their face of, wait a minute, where, who are all these guys? I thought he wanted me here, and I see four other linebackers that, that he's invited. Um, you have to define that as the coach. You know, Why are you all here, and why are you different than, than uh, maybe some of the kids that, that aren't there? You have to explain that. Um, you know, so let me get back to, to answering your, your direct question of how do you separate yourself Every, every family, every athlete there, every parent there is trying to figure out why is this the best place for us? And whenever I've, whenever I've been trying to figure that out in some other aspect of life, um, I usually make it very personal. I'm looking for individual little signs that that's, okay, this is the right way to do this. This is the right way to go. Or she's the right one to marry. Whatever it is that we're trying mm -hmm. to figure out, we always look for sort of these random, illogical examples that we would say, well, that's a sign I should go there. Or, or this, that was something that was different at the other schools. So maybe in that group setting, as hard as it could be, as challenging as it would be, if the head coach, if his main job was for 10 to 15 minutes at a time over that weekend grab families and pull them aside and say, hey, I know you're here with this big group. I'm really glad you're here. I wanted to pull you aside, let you know that you know we're excited to have you. Here's what we love about your son, Josh, this, this, and this. And you know, while, we, while I have a few minutes here, did you have any questions that, that, you know, that, that you wanted to talk about? Are there things that you wanted to see here on campus that you haven't seen yet that I can make sure happen? I mean, just something like that that would indicate, okay, he does know me. Uh, because, again, when they show up on campus and there's 30 other families there, uh, and it could be more than that, you have completely blown apart. If you've, done the, if you've done it right in contacting them, that you've made this personal to them, when they show up on campus, you've just given them the anti-version of that, which is, no, we're recruiting big numbers. Again, nothing wrong with recruiting big numbers. Football programs have to do it. But mm -hmm. if, if they all go around as a pack, and they do the typical stuff. We're going to go see a class. We're going to go sit in on a player panel. We're going to see the facility. And every, it's, it's the same as the other schools, and it's just a big mass. I don't know that you're selling them. Now, there's a couple of schools, again, a handful, 3%, that it doesn't matter how bad the visit is. I'm going to want to go there because of who the program or the coach or how many times you know, college game, game day came to campus or whatever their measuring stick is. I'm going to go there, but for the majority, it's going to come down to that personal relationship. So I, anytime there's a campus visit, 
what we're trying to do when we work with clients, we're trying to figure out what feels right. And so I'll give you an example because uh, we do work, uh, did work with this this fall with a um, and they're continuing to be a client uh, with a D1 football program, and we were on campus and they really wanted to actually focus on how do we make the campus visit better, more effective. Our solution to that was we got. Uh, about eight of what they would consider sort of their prototype freshmen. These are the freshmen that we want more of in future classes. So we got about eight of those to come in, and basically we tore down the campus visit as it existed, and then they built it up again. Well, one of the first things that they they identified uh, when we had them start rebuilding the campus visit, what the what the coaches did initially was we come here to campus. We're going to get you here, and we're going to get all the academic stuff out of the way first, and then we'll end with the football stuff. We'll sort of end on the high note. And the feedback from the athletes was, when we had them alone in this focus group session, was that was the completely the wrong thing to do. Because we're coming to campus, Coach, and we're excited about being a football player, or the idea of it, and we're jacked up about that, and we step onto campus, and what do you do? You're sending us off on the admissions tour. You're meeting us, you're having us meet with a counselor or are getting all this stuff where that energy and they described it. They said the energy level just, just drains out of us. And, you know, and so their comment was that tell the coaches, you know, the academics, okay, we're, it, it checks that box. We're good there. We're here for football. And we want to, we want to understand what's it like to be a football player here. And so they, so they, when they recreated the visit, they put the football stuff first. Because that's what they're wanting. That's the thing they're chomping at the bit to, to see. And this fall, uh, up until the time that you know, we're doing this podcast, the visits that they've had on campus have been much more effective. So there's, there's a little thing of switching around when something happens to better match their emotions has, has had a big payoff for that program that we work with. I can only imagine how much of a letdown that is. You're right, an energy suck um, drain uh, by by showing a 17, 18 year old uh, young man or woman. Uh, yeah, the 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 admissions office yeah. uh, in a in a in a lab first. <laughs> yeah, no, and it is, and it's you know. Again, but I think we as adults, and I'm putting coaches, you and I, and everybody that, that would sort of look at this and say, okay, how should they choose a college? Well, they should choose a college based on the academics and we're going to, we're going to look smart. And so we, we, I will say we screw it up. We really mess with, we, we don't look at it realistically. I think what we do is we suspend the, the way that we know we selected the school and how we did it. And now we look and say, well, that was sort of dumb. Here's the way it should be done. And we invent this artificial process of walking around campus and meeting with different people that you'll never see again as the way to choose a college. And what we hear kids and parents telling us all the time is that's completely the wrong way to do it. Uh, And so again, the programs that we've been able to work with to tweak that all of a sudden see this immediate response that is way better than, um, than, than what they had uh, uh, before. And as I'm talking, I, this morning, uh, earlier today, I talked with a lacrosse client of ours and uh, at a, at a Division II school, and he came in first year before he made some of these changes, he had a class of six, which was not enough. This year, he had a class of 13, a lot of them really good athletes, and he got done sooner only because he tweaked the approach and matched more of what they wanted um, after we were able to determine what that was. And so a, a coach out there that's listening to this, I, my, I guess my bottom line message is, please stop doing it the way that you've always done it and understand that these kids are looking for what makes you different. So how is your campus visit different than the last staff that you worked for? I know you're on a different campus. That doesn't count. I'm talking procedurally during the day as you or overnight, however you're doing this, how are you presenting yourself and giving them evidence that you're different and more interested in them personally? If you can answer that question, then the components of the the visit don't really matter to me. It's that the impact and the emotional tie is is getting strengthened. So, Dan, it's been a long time since I've been on a college campus uh, visit as a as a recruited athlete or or or, or anything. Um, how, how do you see the dynamic being different in an unofficial visit versus an official visit? 
Yeah, great question. Well, I mean, first, you know, you mentioned that you haven't been on a campus tour or on a campus for a while. Um, it is shocking to me the number of football coaches, number of college coaches in general, that have never been on their own school's admissions tour. Mm-hmm. They've never done the campus tour with admissions. And they're sending these kids off to do the tour, and they've never been on it themselves. I would recommend, if you're listening to this, and you're a college coach, and you've never taken the time to join admissions on a tour, please do that immediately. Because, first of all, on the positive side, you might learn something about your school that you didn't know. You'll understand when you send these families off what they're going to hear. And by the way, point number three, sometimes what they're hearing is not good when it comes to your program or athletics in general. I've had, I've done about 100 campus tours in my life. I stopped at 100 uh, because I, they all, they were all, they basically were all the same. One of the things that disturbs me, and it, it probably happened 10 to 15 percent of the time, and on D1 campuses to D3 NAIA Division II across the board, I would hear. Uh, a non-athlete leading the tour, and here's athletes that are on the tour with their parents, say something to the effect of, you know what, sports aren't really big here. Nobody really cares about that, you know, that stadium or that team. We just never, it's just not a big deal here, so I'm not even going to show you that. Now, let's just say you were, a, you were a football player and you were excited or thought that that school might be interesting to you, and that's why you made the trip. But now you hear a real-life comment from one of your peers tell you, Sports isn't really a big deal here. We just don't care. They're not very good or, you know, whatever. Am I going to come to that school, Odell? No, absolutely not. So understand, Coach, the reason I want you to know what happens on your admissions tour that you're sending these football players on, because all the hard work, all the scouting that you've done, all the convincing you did to finally get that family to come to campus can be completely blown apart in the matter of three or four seconds by a random kid who they happen to overhear that they're going to listen to and pay attention to and value uh, because that's that's real life. You're you're trying to sell me on this, coach, but I just heard the truth from this kid that told me that um, that sports aren't a big deal at this school and they don't care about the football program. And that's that happens. I'd say about ten to fifteen percent of the visits, I hear a negative comment about sports or eh, nobody cares about you know sports here. Or, nobody goes to the games. If I hear that as an athlete, I'm done. You, there's nothing that you can tell me now, Coach, because you've, you've just confirmed my suspicion that that's why I should say no to your school. Yeah, that's fatal if uh, if the messaging is not uh, consistent. Uh, it may yeah. come from a different place, uh, such as the admissions uh, representative or professor, but if it's not consistent, I see, I mean, that that's totally fa- uh, fatal. Right. And so listen, I mean, again, if I were knowing what I know and hearing what I've heard, if I were the head coach of a football program, first of all, I would try to meet with and be with every single recruit that came onto campus. And if the reaction was, or I started feeling like, wow, I'm meeting with a lot of recruits. Why why do I meet with them? We don't want them. Then why are we recruiting them? Let's only recruit the, the better kids. And if they're yeah, but, but coach, we need numbers. Okay, well then I need to I need to devote myself. If that's the core requirement for the program, I need to make sure they understand that the head coach is recruiting them and knows who they are. I would also make sure a football coach led the tour of campus. I personally would not give that up over to admissions. Now, sure, there's a lot of D3 and AIA coaches, even some D2 and D1s that just heard that and said, yeah, easy for you to say, Dan, you're not on our campus. We, we're required to have them go and take the campus tour. That's what admissions wants. Okay, I've, and I've heard that, and I've talked to admissions departments about that. Meet in the middle with them and say, admissions, can you take mom and dad over there and you do the admissions tour with them, and I'm going to take the player because they want something different out of this, and I'm going to, and you'll get a chance to to uh, to talk to them alone, or send the parents. Uh, you know, maybe it's it's reversed, but you let some of the players take your current players, your current freshmen take uh, the recruit on a short tour of campus. I, I, listen, I just know that it's not working the way that it's set up, so that tells me there's got to be something different. Um, so how how you do that on your campus and make the case to admissions, it's going to be different from school to school. All I know is that 
if, <laughs> I'll say it this way, that if we're working with a program and you don't work with us and and I know that we're going to do the campus visit right and you're going to do it the traditional way, we're going to win that athlete because we know what the athletes want. So I'm saying just try to tweak it to make it sound and feel and look different than what they've experienced at every other campus. So when you're at the end of the visit, uh, you know, I've, and I'll go back again to my sales hat, but I've oftentimes seen sales reps who get to the end of a call and don't even save time to ask for the business. <laughs> what what are some of the closing steps that we can take to to really help position us uh, to be top of mind you know, when they when they leave uh, leave our campus, and also to continue to emphasize the uh, of of meeting all those um, uh, emotions that you described so great in the beginning of being wanted and validated and rewarded, and continue and then continuing the relationship. Okay, well, I, I would start with the, the first thing of, you know, the, the issue or the core part of everything that you just brought up, which is so essential, Odell, is the ask. So I would, I would start with this, that you have to ask them to commit when they're on campus if you want them. Now, I'm not saying, well, I'm not forcing you to every kid that you bring to campus, you're, then, you're obligated to then make an offer. But let's just say it's it's a, a an athlete that you know you want, and you want them to say yes. You've reached that decision with every one of those athletes. I would make sure to ask them to commit before they leave campus. Why? Well, you identified it. It's an emotional thing. So for a foot and any coach that was a football player, or really it applies to any sport. But when you went to campus, you went again. Let's go back to the beginning of this conversation. You're there because you think the coach wants you. Um, there is talk of an offer or they've made an offer. So you're sort of coming in knowing that you're wanted. And I don't want that feeling to leave. And when we ask kids what makes that, what, what causes you to question the commitment of the coach or the program that's recruiting you, and the number one thing that comes back to us is at the end of the visit or at some point in the visit, if they never ask, well, did they change their mind? Do they not want me? Um, I thought they'd be more excited, and that's evidence to them that you aren't excited. Um, going back to the relationship, um, if my wife, who was expecting at some point that I was going to ask her to marry her, but I never ask because I'm waiting maybe for her to give me more signs, it's the whole thing is going to fall apart. The same thing happens on a visit. They're there. They're excited. I just told you the motivators for why they came. The coach wants us. There's talk of an offer. And we've gone through this visit. Now I think I like it. And now we go to that final meeting in the coach's office. And, you know, I, even if I'm not ready to commit to that school, I still want validation as a football player that they want me, that, that nothing's changed, the visit's gone well, and they still want me. Um, I want to be asked because, you know what, it validates me as a good athlete still. And when that doesn't happen, if the visit ends with, hey, Josh, it just, you know, great talk. You asked good questions. Um, really glad that you came. Uh, we're going to come watch a couple more games next fall and, uh, or, you know, next week or whenever, what point in the season you're at. Um, and, you know, just, you know, if you have any questions, let us know. And I uh, just really loved having you. Good meeting all of you. Thanks. And they'll be polite. And thanks, coach. Great to of have course. us. You know, but then they walk back out to the car and we hear afterwards, we get to hear the conversations that happen. And coach, they're not good conversations. It ranges from disappointment and bewilderment, like what just happened? That we he didn't ask us. I thought he was going to. To you know, those guys are a bunch of jerks. They led you on, and so then coaches wonder why they don't get you know return phone calls after the visit, or why is there this dip in excitement? Because hey, we showed them all our classrooms and we walked them around campus. How could they not love this place? Um, they're looking for validation. And so at the core, let's start with this. Make sure you ask them to commit. If they're on campus and you want them, don't let them leave campus without asking them to commit. If you aren't ready to hear a yes, then don't ask them. But what I would then say is that it's going to be very important, and we instruct our clients on how to do this, that, that you need to then explain to them what happens from here on out. So we're not so we haven't made final decisions yet. Here's the process. And now give me the timeline as a family to understand how that's going to work and look going into the future. You aren't asking me now. Okay, I get that. 
do I, why should I still be interested in you? And, and so walk me through what happens from here on out. Um, as far as asking, look, it's an emotional decision. So they want, they want to know that you want them. They want to know what you like about them. You know, what is the plan for them there? Um, and then at some point you have to, you have to ask them to commit. Do they want to commit? Do they feel ready to commit? And if you don't do that, then they're not, they're not going to come out and say, hey, coach, before we leave, you didn't ask us, but just to let you know, we want to commit here. They just don't do that. It's too, too much of a reach for them. It's too far uh, outside their boundary to, um, to, to just have the confidence to, to do that. They need you to open the door and, and offer them the chance to, uh, to commit. So I would say that they have to ask. Just keep it simple. Start there. If you start asking and you feel like it's not going quite right, okay, then we can talk. And then it's, there's a lot of different ways to do it based on your personality and what you know, time of the year and your school. But just start by asking because at least they go away knowing that you want them. And what what do you see are winning strategies and tips for that follow up after after the visit? Well, I think it it, it um, I think it depends on what your goal is. I mean, so so in asking them if because we just went through that whole process, you know, if we if you and I were in the sales, the B two B business world in sales, um, you know, if we don't ask for the sale, we're not going to get the sale, right? <laughs> most mm-hmm. most, most right. people don't. You know, you're not picking up phones all day. You know, as a, in software sales, you're not picking up phones, um, getting, um, you know, having people place orders. I mean, maybe there's there's some businesses like that. Not many, <laughs> no. you know, the higher dollar software sales. You have to. They want to be led. We all want to be led to the point where we feel ready to trust you and and to sell. But at some point, you have to ask for that for that commitment. You have to ask for the sale. Yeah. What really helped me in my career was uh, you're not waiting until we've done proposals and and negotiation of terms to find out if right. we're fit or not. But asking that what you're saying here, asking that question you know, based on what you've seen today or what we've discussed today, uh, how do you see us partnering? Because we're, we're still going to do all that other stuff, right. you know, but but right. at this point, where do you see us uh, as, as a partner? Yeah, no, and again, that could be that's 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 a softer close, which is fine. You know, it's a trial close because you're wanting to get an indication for, um, for you know, where is this relationship going? Because that's gonna that that that's gonna change your strategy as a sales professional uh, moving forward and understanding kind of what um, you know where their heads at, and and the same thing holds true in recruiting. So afterwards, after they go home. And let's say you did ask, and they said, not yet, coach, still got other schools to look at, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Um, your, your job, I think, you start moving from having to sell the school, and that being the priority, and it really goes then, so it starts going into understanding the process for how they're going to make their decision. I can make the case that, so you've been communicating with them, you went and watched their games, they came to campus, you're going to watch more games. What more, what more do they need to know about your school? What more is there to tell about your school? And the answer is not much. Um, and so at some point then, it, it switches from a priority of selling. And I don't think you should ever stop selling your school but in your program. But I do think it moves into this area of saying, okay, now how are you going to make your decision? What are the big factors for you and how you make your decision? Who's helping you make that? And so what is dad saying behind the scenes? Or when you went to that other school, what did you like about them better? I mean, any additional information, I, what I tell coaches is that you should picture yourself towards the end of the process or the last third of the process that you're like a late night talk show host. And your job, if you have that prospect on your couch, you have to get them to open up and tell you stories your job is not to tell them stuff and have them listen. Your job is to get them to open up and get them to tell things. And if you can do that after the visit, that's usually when they'll start hearing, well, hey, coach, we would like to visit, but um, not quite sure about that, you know, the, your, business, um, your business program. Or I'm not quite sure, you know, it took so long, it took a lot longer to get to campus than my dad thought it would. And, you know, he's worried about missing games on Saturdays because he's got a he gets off where he has to work a morning shift or whatever, 
whatever the, the reasoning is, you'll start hearing more of those things. But you have to ask, because again, this generation and their parents do not do not offer up information about where they're leaning unless you ask them. Proof of that is on signing day, which I think we made fun of a little bit in our first visit, uh, in our first uh, podcast, is mm-hmm. that, you know, look at what football has turned into on signing day. It's going live around the country to gymnasiums, and there's one kid and their family with three or four hats on the table, and they've kept the, every program at, you know, waiting. They haven't re- done anything until the very last second when they put the hat on. And so, yeah, and at first, I get, I, I have a problem with that as a side note that, that football coaches have allowed it to get to that point where the kid and the family is completely in control. But these kids, they keep it close to the vest if you don't ask them. And again, since I brought up signing day on TV, there was the, the prospect that, um, whose mom was dressed up in Tennessee gear next to him. And he chose Florida. And mom, as he's putting the hat on, gets up and walks away from the table because apparently she thought he was going to pick Tennessee um, and, and he picked Florida instead. So they aren't communicating with each other very much. Why should we expect them to communicate with you? You have to lead that conversation, Coach. Yeah, you know, I felt sad for that young man, but oh, I, 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 I. But you know, Dan, I also asked the question: how 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 did it get to the point that people in my family, parents, are showing up to my signing day announcement wearing anything from any school? <laughs> you know, I just I, know. I, I found that to be a little disturbing. Oh, I yeah, yes, absolutely, and and again. Signing day, it's a spectacle. Yep. Um, there are sports and coaches that have told me, and I agree with them, there is no way that will ever happen in their sport. They wouldn't allow it. And for whatever reason, um, I, it's, you know, there's so much money and power on college campuses you know, around football. I think these coaches in general have started to take the attitude of we just can't tick them off. We can't make them mad. So, okay, go ahead and let them do their, their announcement on ESPN or I'll let them commit and then decommit or whatever. And... It's, for me, it's sad because coaches in football, which is my sport, and I love the sport, that's, they've given up control willingly, enthusiastically in some cases, to the parents who don't know what they're doing and to the kids who haven't told the parents what they're doing, much mm-hmm. less the other coaches. And it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I think it's too bad because it gets wor- a little worse every year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that... I don't know. I don't know what you do about it, but it's it's been allowed to get so far out of control that um, I think it's hurt. It's hurt the sport, and it, it makes recruiting at that level and in that sport very very difficult. You know, I don't want to go down a separate rabbit hole here, but and That's and my I fault that we, yeah, I Sorry but that. you know, but I had an episode uh, with our, our mutual friend, Mike Michael Cross, and yes. and. Do you do you think that if we eliminated the the signing day, we had this conversation, and I know you've had this on your on your show with with, yeah. with Michael as well, that it would re- reduce some of this? Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of the talk after this year's signing day was some of the drama and even some of the the mayhem was reduced because they have now the early signing period. So mm-hmm. a lot of kids decided early, signed, and it made this last signing period a little bit less uh, less chaotic. And so, so I, I really like Michael Cross's suggestion. And for those of you who aren't aware of him, he's an associate athletic director at, uh, at Penn State. Um, and so you can go back on my podcast. You can go back to the archives uh, and, and hear his comments. Sounds like you know, they can do the same on yours, Odell. And I'll definitely um, have a link to both in the okay, show notes. Perfect, perfect. And it's worth the listen because if you're a coach that's like, how do we solve this problem? I frankly think, Michael Cross's suggestion is excellent, which is more of sort of like a free market solution that you've got a set number of visits, family, and you can take them anytime you want. And you can commit to the school and the school can commit to you, but that's binding. And so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things that I think would, would solve the problem um, that, uh, that, that, that a lot of coaches find. But let me go back. I'll try to get us back out of this rabbit hole now, Odell. <laughs> yes. Thank um, you. Thank you. Um, I, I take it back to, I'm going to make it the coach's responsibility. I don't blame the family. They haven't done this before. I don't blame the kid for being excited. He's worked hard, sacrificed. It's a big deal for them. I get that. 
my problem and where I would have criticism is with the coaches, college coaches and, and specifically college football coaches, who have not forced more kids to tell them no early and who have, who have kind of built out this myth in their mind that if I just give them more time or if I don't press them, then they'll pick us. Now, listen, again, that 3%, I think that's a, there's a real validation for strategy there. I, I get that. But for most programs, you don't work like that. You don't have that power. And what happens is these kids never tell any coach no. So, you know, leading up into, you know, December, January, I know the conversations were, hey, so we still want you and and are you still looking at us? You're still thinking about coming here. Yeah, coach, you're you're still in my top five. You're one of the yeah, you're you're still there. Hey, good, I get to go back and tell our head coach that he's still in the top five. What he's not telling you is that prospect. The prospect is not telling you, coach, the other four schools would literally have to burn down, and then I guess I'd come here to play. <laughs> so, you know, technically you're in the top five, but they're not coming to your school. And that's, I, I feel poorly for coaches when they let them, that happen, because this is your job. This is, this is your program, and I always worry about who are the kids behind that one that would be almost as good that are going to decide to go somewhere else because you took too much time waiting for the top prospect. And that I see that happening a lot, not only in football, but in other sports. So our, our emphasis in any work that we do, in anybody that will listen to me, any coach, I'm preaching to them, please take control. Be fair, but set fair but firm deadlines. There is a process that you can walk these athletes through that, that works and that they will adhere to. But if you give them free reign, they'll take it. Um, you know, the old saying, if you, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Well, no, nothing was ever more true with college football prospects. And I just want coaches to be back in control. And I just, I, I don't see that happening very often in college athletics in general, but especially football. Yeah. Well, Dan, thank you so much for even more valuable information on how coaches can take control of their recruiting process. And and Dan, where where can coaches and even administrators who may be listening to this um, go to learn more about you and your programs that the Tudor Collegiate Strategies and your services have? Yeah. So uh, we work with a lot of different programs around the country, all different levels, all sports. Um, and they can get information on that on our website, which is dantutor.com, D-A-N-T-U-D-O-R.com. Podcast is College Recruiting Weekly. Uh, it's on iTunes and Google. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the best way. My email address, if, if there's just a random question that we, didn't an- that we didn't answer, but we maybe started a coach thinking about, they can email me, dan at dantutor.com. Um, and w- just one more quick thing, Odell, that uh, as, your, as your first, second-time guest, let me make a pitch for number three, because you know you've taken this from before the visit to now we talked a lot about at, the visit and the ask. Let's say you get a yes. I think our third conversation down the road should be how do we get them to stay committed? Because in college football, it's, you know, every day coaches are checking social media to find out, did we get a decommit? Um, or have we opened the process back up? And it's, it's nearing epidemic proportions that really now the commitment or, yeah, coach, I'm verbally committing there and I'm even going to announce it on social media really doesn't mean much. And so that's, that's our next topic when, uh, when you're ready to, to, uh, to talk about it. Well, I think we've got a real series here because, you know, and, and on that note, Dan, you know, I, I'm a basketball guy and, and I, I've always felt like, and I could be wrong or naive here, that there's been kind of a gentleman's agreement in basketball, where at least you don't see it as much in football, that when a kid verbally commits, schools kind of back off. But I, I, I've had a football, I've heard a football coach say, well, that just tells me who my competition is. Exactly. And they just really go into recruit, recruiting mode now. Hey, you know, and, and sometimes I've had coaches, uh, football coaches tell me, hey, we don't want, if a kid commits, I don't want them to say anything publicly because I don't want to draw attention to the fact that we're going to get them because that means our three conference competitors that always steal our kids are going to know who we're looking at. So it is, it's an, Recruiting has gone beyond just now getting the commitment to now keeping the commitment. And for a D3 coach that's listening, whether they're a basketball coach or whether they're a football coach, um, they know that recruiting, they don't know how, really how they're recruiting your went until the kids, you know, until the first day of classes the next fall. And let's see who actually showed up for college and showed up for class. 
that tells us then, you know, are they are they actually here? So yeah, there's there's a lot that we can keep talking about whenever you're ready, Odell. Well, I'd love to do that. Uh, do that. Do that part three, and yeah. then I also know that you recently re- released information on your uh, 2018 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. And can you share those details yeah. with us? So what? Yeah, what that is, and there's information on the website at dantutor.com. But that's basically a place where if you're a football or basketball coach, you can come and it's for three days, and you're with. 100 to 200 other college coaches from all different sports, all over the place, all different levels. Um, and it's really, it's three days of coaches and experts and um, authors, trainers getting up and saying, here's how to do it. Here's for a coach. We have coaches that volunteer to say, here's, here's how we did it this year. And you get so many tips and just to be able to talk to for a basketball coach to maybe be seated at a table or or in a breakout session with you know a D1 football coach, a D3 softball coach, you know, a 20-year veteran of, of division two uh, soccer, and you know, an associate athletic director, and you're all sharing ideas, that's what that conference is. Um, so it's uh, pretty uh, it has grown into something that uh, a lot of coaches swear by, and we get a lot of people coming back year after year. And I uh, would love to have that. So it's at Boston University. They're the ones hosting it. It was at Duke University last year. It's at Boston University this year, July 17th through the 19th, 2018. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast and it's after that date, then we always announce ahead of time where we're going to have it the following summer. Um, so it's a great way to kick off kind of a coach's recruiting year with new techniques, tips, and frankly, resources and networking from other coaches that they can bounce questions off of that they might not want to either within their school or, um, you know, with their, their other friends, you know, within the same sport. So it's uh, it, it's a great resource. And I think it's a great opportunity for coaches to step out of their sport and learn some best practices and, and techniques that have worked in, in other sports. Yeah, it's really the only place where you can go because you can't do it certainly at a football convention. You can't. Um, uh, you can't do this. You can't really at the at the basketball conventions ask other other coaches. So hey, how how'd you get that great class? What are your secrets? Because they don't even do that. You know the X's and O's sessions that they do. They'll teach you about forty percent of a play, and they're keeping the other sixty percent for when they have to play you. Right. Eventually. Um, so this is where they just open up, and it's three days of kind of it's it's a ceasefire. Everybody goes in, they share their ideas, and they leave, and they compete against each other. But it's just turned into this very unique unique thing so great we'll have, a li- have anybody anybody interested we'd love to have them there great we'll have a link to that registration in the show notes as well dan thank you again for being a guest and a return guest on beyond the whistle yeah hey let's i'm gonna i'm gonna start uh, lobbying for for number three we're gonna build we're gonna be the new england patriots of uh of uh of your podcast odell we're just gonna keep coming back and uh, hopefully uh giving championship information we're gonna do it thank you <laughs> all right thanks <laughs>